Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus. Stay chill or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. folks, welcome to what I think will be the final episode of Campaigniacs uh, for the 2020 Saskatchewan election. I'm Murray Mandrick, political columnist for the Regina Leader Post. With me is always is Arthur White-Crummy, who covered our election and is finally getting a little bit of time off. And a very, very special guest uh, with us uh, today, uh, Lolene Burdall from the Johnson Shyam uh, Institute, where she serves as executive director right now, and who's and I hope you're going to talk about your ebook and the, the, that's coming out, so people uh, can really good get a full sense of everything that's gone on in this election. Because I'm really excited about it, uh, uh, Lolaine. So, so I will not let you leave here until we plug it extensively. So, that, that, <laughs> yeah. that's but I, I guess the first thing we need to do, let's talk mail-in ballots, but let's talk about the provincial because I think last time we left this, we didn't know quite whether we were going to have Ryan Miley uh, as leader. We didn't know what was going to happen in Regina University. And I want to, I want to start talking about uh, uh, the, the new phenomena of voting in a very different way, how elections all of a sudden – uh, it's no longer election day. It's the end of the election vote day. And mm-hmm. I guess that played a significant way in, in both Saskatoon and Watson, where uh, Ryan Miley came from behind and won, and certainly in uh, Regina University, uh, where uh, uh, Alina Young did exactly the same thing, along mm-hmm. t- taking her new baby alongside. So tell, tell people what happened there and why things have changed, Arthur, compared with what they might be used to to past elections. Yeah. Ultimately, uh, in the two big cities, it looks like the mail-in ballots uh, favored the NDP, uh, which was not totally unexpected. And it led to them uh, making two pickups that were still very much uh, shrouded in mystery as of election night. So uh, Ryan Miley, of course, was trailing in Saskatoon, Mewasin, uh, and then pulled ahead by, I think, about 209 votes as of the end of the second preliminary count. Let's keep in mind that that is still not the final result. Uh, we're waiting until November 7th for that. But his, the trends favor him to the point where his competitor uh, for the SAS party was actually uh, able to concede uh, this past week. So it's looking like Ryan Miley is going to uh, be returning to the legislature. And of course, he just led his first caucus meeting yesterday where uh, we had a new crop of uh, 13 uh, caucus members, including including um, the uh, new MLA for, as you said, Regina University, who was also tra- trailing as, as of election night and is pulled ahead by a sufficient margin to have uh, our first government minister concede, which was Tina Beaudry-Malore. 
And, uh, of course, this change, This is something else I want to get into with both of you very quickly, but it, it, it literally changes the look of the legislature because we now have an opposition. And I think this is the first time it's happened where one caucus is actually uh, dominated by women as opposed to men. Have we statistically proven that to be the case? Or am I just making that up as I go? I'm good either well, way. But. We, 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 we know that now the... Uh, the NDP uh, is going to be is going to be majority uh, female MLAs. Uh, I'm not sure if that's the first time in history that that's happened, but it certainly uh, is not the typical uh, way that a caucus would be distributed. Looking back at the province's history, um, we have uh, uh, new female MLAs in Saskatoon. Uh, and 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 uh, there'll be a number of men also returning, but they will be the minority. Lillian, can you speak to both of these issues of how the face of uh, the NDP caucus has changed, why that's going to look significantly different and maybe cause a significantly different approach to maybe what we've seen in the past in the Saskatchewan legislature and how different that is uh, compared with what we're seeing elsewhere in North American politics, Canadian politics, maybe world politics. Is this something that uh, Saskatchewan is is going to be blazing a trail on uh, and that we might see more of, or is just is this just a one-off given the nature of uh, this particular election in your mind? Well, I don't know that this is a, a suggestion of any kind of future trend. It's it's very common for, for political parties uh, to be non-diverse uh <laughs> trying to put that politely but uh you know it, it's it's not it's well, not yeah, yeah, it's yeah, not sadly. frequent that we see a majority uh uh female bench it's not free frequent that uh that we see strong indigenous representation or strong representation of diversity um at the same time it's a very small bench uh and so um you know when when you have a a smaller a smaller number it's easier to have a larger proportion of any one group, just because there's 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 less of that group there. Uh, it does raise um, for different voices to become a bit more prominent, and uh, I think that'll be that'll be quite interesting. But I don't I don't see this as being um, something that's uh, that's representative of of some big change in in politics more generally. Or I, I right now I'd see this just as uh, yeah, you know. it, 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 I'm excited about it because uh, I've, I've covered this place for a long time and uh, I'm tired of the same old voices. I'm tired of looking at people that look like me uh, for obvious reasons but uh, and, and less obvious ones. Uh, it, it just seems to me that we're at a point in this province where we need to start looking at things in a different way, even if it is from a small caucus. And your, your point is an excellent one. How much has it really changed the overall face of the legislature when you have this overwhelming 48-member Saskatchewan Party caucus that actually, I think, took a step backwards, if I'm right, Arthur, one less woman than before and two less than the last election in the SAS Party caucus, if my math is right? Yeah, they uh, lost Nancy Hepner, but they gained Alana Ross uh, in Prince Albert Northcote. Of course, that doesn't add to the uh, total female representation in the legislature because she uh, defeated a woman in Nicole Rancourt. So I believe that 
we do take a step back in that way, yes. Of course, they lost Jennifer Campbell in the by-election, of course, on, on Monday, a week ago, they lost Tina Baudry Millar. Or, or, uh, so I think in that sense, we're, we're, they're going in a different direction, although they added one visible minority to, which I think is always good, uh, because once again, we are a changing province and we need to get that reflected. Uh, probably in our House of Representation, and, and uh, why is it, was it more difficult for that to happen in a province like Saskatchewan, Lillian? Do you think it, it, that we're just slower to respond uh, in terms of, of change because this is so reflective of, of many rural seats in which uh, it's predominantly, or politics at least, is still predominantly dominated by men at both the uh, municipal and, and provincial level? I think there's a few things. One, uh, we do have very strong rural representation, uh, and that uh, that plays a factor. I think that uh, in Saskatchewan, there hasn't been uh, the same level of of adoption of of the view that that how one sees things, uh, you know, depends on on their their position in 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 life. There's sort of still that feeling, I think, sometimes that. Oh well, I can speak for everyone. Uh, whereas when in a lot of political debates, we're seeing people say, "Well, no, you know, coming from uh, a racialized background or coming from a, a, a woman's standpoint, that you know, that these things affect groups differently." Um, we haven't seen that uh, that type of discussion as much in Saskatchewan as we have in some other places. Uh, we're certainly seeing it. A bit more with uh, with respect to Indigenous peoples, uh, we saw it a little bit uh, with uh, with Black Lives Matter, but uh, this hasn't been a, a province that's really taken a lot of, of gender and uh, and race based views of of policy and politics. It tends to be, you know, very economically focused and very federally provincially focused. Those are those are our big narratives. Well, that's so odd, considering you know the TP protests we've seen over the last basically three years. Uh, uh, one of which was rather extended. One of which was, arose strictly out of a matter in the legislature where uh, a suicide bill, a private member's suicide bill, uh, that in many ways was kind of a, uh, innocuous, was voted down by the government, and the net result is uh, it was basically uh, uh, Tristan Deroshi's protest and walk uh, that the government fought in court and eventually lost. Does the fact that they face a different opposition with different goals and maybe a different style make the government any more or reluctant to uh, carry on the way they did? Or is it just the simple fact that they have a 48-seat majority right now, as they had uh, uh, going into this particular uh, election, uh, make them feel that the direction uh, that they had was validated by the voters it is is how does the mindset work in your mind when when you physically get into legislature and see uh, the reality of the election played out before you in terms of who's sitting across from you? My own sense, my own sense is that we have a clue of that from uh, from the premier's uh, speech on on election night. Uh, he was, uh, he, you know, he said, you know, I. I I, I hear you. He was he was speaking to people who voted for the Buffalo Party. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, wasn't, he wasn't speaking uh, to uh, to people who who were voting uh, for the NDP more. So 
I, I found that really, really quite interesting uh, that uh, that he sees, um, or at least what seemed to be um, being articulated is that he sees the threat uh, being being more from the political right uh, than uh, than from from the political left. And so, you know, how that plays out then, I, I think, is is uh, not a lot of change uh, in terms of the mindset. And at the same time, the opposition they're going to be hearing in the legislature is going to be coming very much from, you know, you need to be considering the standpoint and the impacts on on all of these different groups. And so there's a bit of a a tension there. And given that they're representing northern groups, urban groups, uh, uh, one suspects there's going to be a strong difference in terms of, of their perspective to the table, not even withstanding the fact that they're going to be, as you point out, perhaps being a little bit more articulate in, in terms of, of uh, issues of feminism, issues of, uh, of First Nations concerned. Uh, it shouldn't be lost on us that we actually have three First Nation members uh, in a 13-member um, uh, uh, NDP caucus, which is getting a little close to uh, representation. As Arthur said, overall in the House, not so good, but uh, uh, but it is a step pro, uh, forward. I, I, before I, I go any further, there we, we haven't discussed the mail-in ballots, Lolene, and how that how the MLAs got there, particularly the new uh, uh, or not new ND, uh, NDP MLAs in the sense that Ryan Miley is hardly new. But uh, is this something because of the way this election was uh, that's going to change the very way we vote in the future? And uh, uh, are we no longer seeing elections as the thing on election day, which might be a very good thing if we decide to vote in November? (laughs) It's pretty hard to get out and show up to vote in Saskatchewan anyway. Uh, Is is there a trend here that 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 you saw as pleasing? Uh, Because certainly the larger numbers of of mail in and advanced poll voting was good. Not so good on the actual election day polling, but. Uh, you know, will this carry over into the next campaign uh, when we don't have a pandemic? Yes. Yeah. Great questions. I I think um, that the change in sort of how we're functioning in terms of electoral democracies is really an interesting point to watch and uh, and and see what goes forward. My suspicion is that uh, now that uh, that people have have seen the flexibility of, of mail-in voting, um, that, uh, that there will be an assumption going forward that, yes, we get to continue to do this. Uh, and that, that this is a, a way to, to make democracy more accessible. Uh, so we, we've certainly seen over the years rising advanced polling uh, or advanced voting. Uh, I think we're, we're going to, you know, the same thing with, you know, now that, now that a lot of people have discovered, hey, I can work from home, uh, we're we're probably going to see a lot of people say, well, why can't you know, why can't I continue to do so? And I think we're going to see that with voting. And well, can I vote off my computer? All the things that they're doing right now. Yeah, yeah, I think we're going to see a lot, a lot of uh, a lot of shift on that. What's interesting to me is, and we're seeing this in the U.S. election as well, that the people who vote in different ways aren't the same. Uh, and so we saw this in the uh, in the Saskatchewan election. It looked like more NDP voters were were using the the mail-in option than uh, than SAS party voters. Uh, it looks like it's going that way with uh, with Biden versus Trump voters in the U.S. And so if different people 
serve to vote in different ways, uh, this is an opportunity to uh, to you know really ensure access accessibility in terms of in terms of voting, and it's also a concern uh, we're seeing in the U.S. side with respect to voter suppression. Uh, that uh, that will some push on that. It's been like a car accident. I can't look away uh, to what's going on. How late did you guys stay up? I think I I, I, I bailed it too because I'm an old man, but uh, and, and we had to do this this morning. But I could not look away last night. Imagine you, Arthur, were up until all hours. I was up until three. We 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 had a we had a a viewing, and uh, it, we went through a lot of different emotions as the. Uh, Results seem to be pointing in different directions. Uh, it seems like we're getting a little bit more clarity now, but as of uh, 10.54 a.m. Uh, on Wednesday, it, it still seems too close to call. And 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 that's another uh, dimension to the mail-in balloting. I mean, we're lucky in a sense in this province that, first of all, we don't have politicians questioning the validity of the process. Uh, secondly, that it was such a blowout that it was never in question who was going to form government. But this adds a whole new dimension to, you know, elections where, where we don't have certainty and where voters are, are, are left in this state of confusion and, you know, mystery even a day after. I mean, that, that can certainly, despite the fact that it does open the franchise to people that might not, you know, otherwise vote, also has its downsides. I, I think you're right, and I'll get you in on this, Lolene, because I think it really does harden and sharpen the edges of politics in general. And that is what I think is carrying over most to Saskatchewan. I see rhetoric right now in Saskatchewan politics, in national politics, that's all too similar to what I'm seeing in the U.S. That's sometimes just absolutely borrowed language from uh, the U.S. and it doesn't really matter whether it's sort of the mask debate, the trade debate, or any other debate. A, a lot of uh, 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 racially sensitized issues. It, it's the same matter. Uh, is this problematic for us? Or given what we're seeing in the states right now, Lolene, can we still separate U.S. politics from national Canadian politics and certainly uh, provincial politics in here? Because I fear sometimes that we can't, or I fear some people can't. Yeah, I mean, the, there's certainly been a, a very strong blending of, of rhetoric over, you know, I'd say the last two decades in particular, and and that line has not been uh, not been sharply drawn. I do think that on the election administration side, that'll be something to to definitely watch. Um, it has been we've we've been very lucky in Canada, uh, or I don't know if it's luck or or design, um, but uh, uh, the politicization of of elections um, has has not been an issue for decades, and so we have uh, you know districting done uh, in, you know through independent bodies. We have independent election administration, um, and you know we've we've really been much better on that. Um, if we start to see the rhetoric uh, change, I think that'll be that'll be something I'll, I'll watch with considerable concern. If uh, if we start to see, oh well, you know these ballots aren't as as legitimate, um, that would be very concerning in Canada. Well, one distinction I, I've noticed, Lolene, is that I think voters here and in this particular campaign did know what they wanted. Uh, and, and that seemed rather evident in terms of, of their understanding and study of the platforms, uh, their general uh, uh, 
view of the leadership and and as per the polling. And, and this is where I want to talk to you about better educating voters because you you you've gone to great lengths uh, in in the ebook project. Please tell uh, people watching what it's about, why it's important, and uh, and just. Uh, the tremendous bloody amount of work you had to do to get it together. Uh, also, I'll just I'll I'll just let you explain. Go ahead. Yeah. So uh, so what we've done, uh, and this is through the the Johnson Trauma Graduate School of Public Policy. Uh, we brought together a number of uh, of academics and and commentators on Saskatchewan politics uh, to put out an ebook uh, quite quickly. So it uh, it should be out next week, uh, just before Remembrance Day, uh, which is, uh, if, you, if you know how academic uh, publishing usually works, uh, this is uh, two to three years ahead of schedule. Uh, and uh, it's, uh, you know, short pieces to really capture the Saskatchewan election, uh, to make, to explain uh, the Saskatchewan election to, to the contemporary public, um, you know, anybody who's interested in in all sorts of dimensions of, of the campaign, uh, but then also to have a bit of a record so that uh, memories can be very short in politics and over time uh, stories can be retold in ways that uh, that that perspectives uh, So we wanted some of this documentation down so that uh, in the future we can then look back and say, well, you know, how did how did the issue play out at the time, really? And so we. Sorry, didn't mean to interrupt. I'm fascinated by the wide swath that mm -hmm. you managed to pull together of, of, of various interests, various ideas, a, a wide variety of, of as, as you say, academics and commentators, including uh, uh, economic professors, labor professors, uh, uh, mm -hmm. sociology professors. Arthur, way too many professors. You, you think <laughs> editors are bad. We're dealing with professors. Okay. It's not fun, but no, it actually was fun uh, in, in terms of, of like that. I uh, wrote uh, a boring chapter that I won't talk about other than to say I hit exactly 1000 words as per my requirements. Yes, exactly. But, but tell us about the other people that, 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 that have come together for this and, and how uh, varied a group it actually is that, that'll appeal to a lot of different interests, Lolene. We brought together, we wanted to, um, to cover everything that might be important to cover. So this this idea came about uh, was back in January. And at the time, first of all, we didn't know about COVID or, well, I guess people knew there was some kind of something and maybe we should be kind of paying attention, maybe. Um, but uh, we, uh, we thought, well, what are the issues that might be important and, um, and put together a bit of a list on that front. Uh, we then said, okay, well, who who would know about these topics? And uh, started populating uh, chapter authors uh, that way. Uh, we really wanted to make sure that we were having a, a range of, of views. We wanted to make sure that uh, that we heard uh, from men and women, um, from different uh, different demographic backgrounds, including uh, including race and culture and age. So I'm very impressed with the uh, the the diversity in in our authorship. Um, this is uh, you know we've we've got a lot of a lot of great uh, great discussion. Some of the chapters uh, talk about the fact that hey you know isn't it isn't it interesting that uh, that agriculture, which isn't really important to our province, isn't 
wasn't a big topic. And what does that tell us about the province? And, uh, you know, talking about uh, about issues of voter turnout and, uh, and you know, putting these things in, in a larger context. Um, but one of the things that was, uh, was really quite, you mentioned, uh, Murray, that we had a lot of professors and, uh, and you know, we are very clear, this, has, this is meant for, for the public. Uh, so uh, leave your academic theories, uh, you know, out of this. Uh, leave, uh, you know, provide a, a, a very neutral overview of, of, of what happened and explain what happened, but make it so that, uh, that your uncle or your, your niece or, you know, your next door neighbor could, could pick this up and read it and, and find it interesting and, and useful to them. And uh, so that's, that's made it a very rewarding project. And one of the great things about it was, um, and I was very, very happy about this, is uh, we said to everybody, look, we want this out quickly. So you have to get us get it to us uh, by three days after the election, and uh, and people did, and you know this is a time when when faculty are doing remote teaching, and uh, dealing with all these different uh, you know this is not a normal time, uh, and and they still did, which I think really speaks to the commitment uh, that the team had in in getting this information out. So it's been a it's been a great pleasure to uh, to work on. So I'm I'm hoping that people will will you know, read part of it or all of it. I wrote a chapter with uh, with a, a great student of mine, uh, and uh, and we wrote on uh, on COVID and how that played out in the election. Yeah, and yeah, that wasn't what we planned to write on in January, but uh, but we just said, hey, <laughs> this is new. So, welcome to our world, buddy. Well, yeah, this, this, there are ever changing. I could talk about this all day, and I could talk about this, but we'll have to end it here. Uh, Arthur, thank you as usual. Lillian, thank you. It, it, you know, yeah. wonderful insights. And uh, uh, I hope the public has enjoyed this as much as we've enjoyed doing it. Uh, thanks very much. And I guess until the next campaign, uh, <laughs> our campaign answer. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks so much, Bye. Murray.